God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Child. Is that time of the week? That's right. It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast. I am your girl, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and you are tuning in to the Woman Evolve podcast. For those of you who are unfamiliar, I am not here by myself. I am being joined with my girls from all over the world. Helena King just logged in. Ashley Stozier's in the building. First of all, let me tell you something. Your girl is late. And I don't mean just a couple hours, just a few minutes late, although I am that as well. I am late getting this podcast going because life be like, what? Um, I was traveling this weekend. had a really crazy weekend. I was in Denver, West Palm Beach, Denver, and Dallas within like a five or six day span. So I uh, was supposed to do the podcast on the road, but I forgot my microphone. And there's that. So I'm late. I'm here on this beautiful Wednesday. My hair is freshly washed. I am just finishing up an intense workout at the Theory of Orange. And let me tell you something. I'm minding my business because I don't have a choice. Let me tell you about life. Sometimes life puts you in such a position, come on, testify if you understand, where you don't have any choice but to mind your business. Like, because if I don't mind my business, nothing's going to get done. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I don't mind this business, it will not be done, okay? Nisha says, hey, I always miss the live videos I've been listening on the podcast. I'm excited to have caught it live. Hey, girl, how you doing? Nina says, you still cute, sis. She's blessing my life with, I'm not going to say she's lying, but I, some, some you see, you need friends who see the beauty even in your struggle. My hair is braided down so that it can have some type of curly situation when it dries. I'm sitting up here with no makeup on, but I'm blessed. Okay, and I'm still in the land of the living, all right? And I woke up in some of my mind, not the whole thing, but some of it, because sometimes you only have some. You know why I only have some of my mind? Because it's conference season. And what you all need to understand about conference season is that we are going everywhere for conference, okay? We're going into every direction of your life to make sure that you are together, okay? That you have the joy of the Lord as your strength, that your business is flourishing, that your edges are flourishing, that your highlight is popping, that you're snatching. We're trying to cover all of the bases. And I have to look like this in order to cover you. When it's time to get there, I'm going to have on me some chapstick and we're going to be fine. All right. Rhonda says, amen and amen. She feels me. Shakina Small says, minding my business, waiting patiently to go to the conference. You better. I am so, so excited about conference. I was doing some work for the opener today. And let me tell you something, lit, lit, lit. We're going to make sure that you guys never leave the same. But what have you been doing? Have you been minding your business? 
Have you been drinking your water? I have a whole gallon of water sitting here beside me because staying hydrated when minding your business is of the utmost importance to the delegation. Okay, how about that? If you guys are coming to conference or not coming to conference or wish you was at conference, you know what I want you to do? I want you to pray for us. Real talk. Listen, you know how your strong friends never ask you to pray? I'm not being your strong friend. I want you guys to pray for us. I want you to pray for my team. I want you to pray for the women who are coming to the city. I want you to pray for the women who are going to be watching online. I want you to just pray. Maybe you say to yourself, I'm not really the praying type. I don't really know what to pray. What you want me to do? Just say, God, let your kingdom come to Denver, Colorado. Let your kingdom come to the Woman Evolve Conference. Let your kingdom come to the household of every woman who's preparing to come to the Woman Evolve Conference. Because your girl is crazy enough to believe that if we all mess around and get in our prayer closet, that miracles could break out. And I don't know about you, but ain't nobody investing all this time and this money unless we have some miracles taking place. Okay, how about that? KT Anthony says, I've been mine in my business. It's vacation Bible school week, so church all week. Come on, somebody. Vacation Bible school. That's where I got my Bible from that I preach in most of the time. Cleon says, my dream is to attend Woman Evolve. And we know that he is in the prayer answering business. It's going to happen for you. Let me tell you something. So I've been working out. I've been minding my business. I've been drinking my water. And I just want to thank the delegation for hanging in there with me, even though I was late doing this podcast. I also want to thank Jamie Washington, who knew your girl was out here struggling and sent me over some stories because... I wasn't even looking like that. Praise the Lord. I didn't watch the BET Awards. I got nothing for you, okay? But thanks to Jamie, I have a few stories to cover. You know what Jamie and I decided? Jamie and I decided that we're going to do a Hail Mary episode, okay? That's right. This week, we're doing nothing but Hail Mary. You know why? Because your girl needs some positivity in her life. And when I try to rescue folks and y'all don't try to rescue folks, I struggle, okay? Shaniqua wants to know how's keto. Keto, I'm on day two of keto. Did I tell y'all? I told y'all I'm gonna get to Hail Mary, but she asked me a question and I'm not rude, so I gotta answer it. Let me tell you, okay, so keto is going. I'm on day two of keto. Um, I checked my keto blood levels. I never got out of keto. I always stayed above a 0.5, which which is nutritional keto in the mornings. And then in the afternoon, I was always like 1.0, 1 1.1. 1.5 is optimal keto. But let me tell you, for the optimal carbs I was eating, it's a miracle that I even had 1.1. But I'm back at it, back at it like I never left it. This is day two. Pray for me. Um, today, I just felt like, you know what? You got this, which is going to play into my snack. But until then, all right, okay? So Natasha said, best friend in my head, hey, girl. Okay, so listen, Hail Mary, because we're not rescuing folks today. Although I do think my first Hail Mary could also count as a rescue. Um, so Kim, what? What did we say that one season that if it's not exactly Eve and it's not exactly Mary, we're going to call her Ruth? Okay, this is going to be Ruth. All right. Okay, listen. So Fantasia was walking the red carpet of the BET Awards, and she did an interview with someone named Tammy Mack. And during the interview, the host assumed that it was easier for Fantasia to eat consistently well because she has access to chefs and money for helping hands in, comp in comparison to what everyday people can do and afford. Fantasia quickly let her know that that's not the case, though. She emphatically stated that she is just like regular people. So here's the question. Tammy Max says, do you think it's easier to do that? And I'm asking for 
people who are like us, regular people. Do you think it's easier being a celebrity, having access to chefs and cooks and money to be able to buy the things you need? And Fantasia said, no, because I'm regular. I don't like the whole celebrity business. And Tammy says, yeah, but you have more money than we have, Fantasia. And Fantasia says, you don't know that. A lot of artists that you see, they look like they have it and we smile and we come out and we put on a good show. But in real life, some of them are struggling and we don't have it. I'm just now building myself back up. I lost everything twice. So I cook my own food. I don't need no chef. I'm from North Carolina. My grandmama and my mama taught me how to cook. I cook my own food and I don't have the chef. I go get my own groceries. I don't have a driver. I drive my own car. That's fake. I don't want that life or else I quit. I don't want it. It's already a lot out here in this industry. I don't want that life. I'm just like you, sis. I'm just like you. So no, I cook my own food. You got to pay the trainers, but sometimes I get people to come in and just say, yo, we just want to work with you. Post me. I'm like, cool. But I also tell them too, God gave you gifts and talents. You can't always give it for free. So I bless them for blessing me. So I cook my own food. She wanted y'all to know that she cooks her own food, okay? I cook my own food. I think you can do it yourself. And yeah, it's not that for me. And I don't want it to be that for me. And if I had the money to do it, I still wouldn't do it. You know why this is finna be like a rescue Eve and a Hail Mary? Because for starters, like, the reporter, we're going to rescue her because she believes like a lot of people do that celebrities just have a lot of money. And I can tell that people think that just because you have a certain amount of followers or whatever, that you have a lot of money. I know because people slide in my DMs asking me for things only Jesus can do, okay? I I don't have nothing on your mortgage. I don't have nothing on your college tuition. I do what I can. Now, I've helped some people with some groceries. I've helped some people with some utilities. But when I tell you I am not able to do some of the things that the saints want me to do, I'm telling you what I'm not able to do. But I'm going to rescue her because people just think that there is some money connected. But I want to give Fantasia a Hail Mary because what she did was laid out the truth, okay? Rhonda says, that's a word. I wish more artists and celebrities would speak about the realities of this life. Let me tell you something. There are plenty of people who went to college, have a degree, nobody knows who they are, and they still make more money than some of your favorite celebs. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that just because people know who you are doesn't mean the bank knows who you are. Oh, I wish somebody would get that down in their Holy Ghost. Just because people know who you are doesn't mean the bank knows who you are. And sometimes people be wanting to know, like, you know, guys, if um, would you rather be rich or would you rather be famous? First of all, I want to be whatever the Lord calls me to be. But if he's out here giving options, I would love to just have it in the bank. Because what is famous? Nothing. Sure, you can exchange things for free, but you know what rich is? Rich is minding your business and maybe nobody knows who you are. If the Lord has you in such a position where you have both, then that's what the Lord says that your character can handle. But if he out here giving out options... You don't have to know who I am. As long as when I walk into the bank, then do you understand? All right. Erica Barr says, but do the bank know you? Okay, real questions. Real questions is, does the bank know you? Victoria says she is staying humble. I like that about this. She says she had everything and lost everything twice. And let me tell you why Fantasia is also going to be goals, okay? Because 
It's one thing to have everything and to lose everything. And then it's another thing to admit it and then change your actions. See, a lot of folks be having stuff and then not having stuff and then do the same thing that had them not having stuff in the first place. And you cannot continue to do the same things over and over again and expect a different result. We don't have time for that. We have to do what the Lord says do in season and out of season. And in this season, he's saying, learn from what you've gone through. Sometimes you don't look like what you've gone through. Other times you do. And the goal is to not. What? Okay. Danielle says, that's called insanity. It is. You better ask Webster. He knows. Trina Fraser said, amen. Malia says, amen too. Let me tell you. It's real out here in these streets. So yes, I wanted to give a Hail Mary to Fantasia, but I also want to rescue the reporter. Marsha says, we don't know their situation until it's too late and their behavior doesn't change, i.e. Tony Braxton. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. If you're watching on the Facebook Live, you know that in my office, there's a little timer and I'm not mad at that timer because it keeps my utilities down, but it turns all the lights off. But you know what I got? I got a ring camera around my phone so you can still see me because my team and I hope they're listening right now, tries to constantly tell me that it's too dark in here when I do the podcast. But who's not paying? You want to talk about Fantasia. Who's not paying for no lights? Who's not paying for no camera crew? Who's not paying for anybody to come in here and film me when y'all can see me on this phone? It's me. Hey, ma'am, now when someone starts paying me to get on this podcast, I might pay for some lights. But until then, y'all gonna get this social light ring around this camera. Amen. Amen again. All right. So, yes, um, Fantasia goals out here. Hail Mary. We're definitely giving that to her. Oh, I see some. I see you, Sue. Sue says she's so proud of me. I got the ring light. She knows I'm out here doing what I can. Okay. So, yes, Fantasia is going to be our Hail Mary. Thank you for keeping it 100. Thank you for keeping it real. Thank you for letting us know that it's not, everything is not what it seems and everyone has to be responsible. That's another word. No matter how much money you all have, you have to be responsible. Okay. How about that? Kiera says, Jesus said, you are the light. That You're right. And that's why I didn't have no lights in here because my Holy Ghost is the light. Okay. Okay, so that was Fantasia, and our next Hail Mary story is going to be a young man who was recently drafted as the number one pick in the NBA. His name is Zion Williamson, and he is the first pick for the Pelicans. Let me tell you why he's going to be our Hail Joseph, okay, because he is a mon, okay? He's going to be Hail Joseph, because when he got drafted, He made sure that everyone knew that his mother has sacrificed so much to get him to where he is. Let me tell you, as I was watching this video, I said to myself, because I'm raising children right now, and they're going to and have already accomplished amazing things. There was something about him acknowledging his mother's sacrifice. First of all, sometimes I randomly send my parents text me. This is a word. Everyone's not able, but if you had good parents, this is what I want you to do. I want you to text your parents and just say, thank you for sacrificing so that I can be who I am in this world. Because what I recognize is that parenting is such a major sacrifice. My husband and I have children. They are aged 23 to 3, okay? 
And it is a sacrifice. And let me tell you something. If you don't have children or you used to have younger children, th- you we don't know what we're doing either. This is what I now understand about my parents that I did not know when I was a child. They didn't know what they was doing with me. They didn't know. Okay, and I don't know what I'm doing with my children, but what I am doing is the very best that I can. And a lot of times I think that we end up charging our parents because we don't feel we feel like they could have done better. But the truth is, sometimes people are just out here doing the best that they can. And it is true that sometimes their best is not good enough to get you to where you need to be. And I am by no means talking about those situations. But I am talking about situations where your parents had to make some difficult decisions. But overall, when you zoom out of that picture, they really did their thing. Let me tell you something. My parents really did their thing. I know I got pregnant as a teenager. I can't imagine that they probably felt so guilty and so unqualified to be in ministry, but they kept pressing on. And it is because they kept pressing on that I said to myself, you know what? If they can keep pressing on, then I'm going to keep pressing on. There's something about parenting where you come to a place where you just, I mean, something about being a child where you begin to say, listen, I'm going to learn from what my parents have displayed. Sometimes you can learn from their example. Sometimes you can learn from their mistakes. But all in all, let me tell you something. This parenting thing ain't no joke. And so for him to recognize that that moment where everyone is talking to him and celebrating him really started with a sacrifice, let me tell you something about having a grateful heart. Anytime there is anything worth celebrating in your life, be careful to not soak in all of the glory for yourself and instead remember all of the sacrifices that it took for you to be in that moment. I've been guilty of that myself. I have to remind myself in those moments, like, because mm, I don't even know, this must be for somebody. I don't know who this is for. But there are moments where your insecurity is validated by your success, when in reality, your insecurity should not be validated by your success. Your insecurity should be healed from the perspective that you're fearfully and wonderfully made in spite of the things that you are insecure about. Because if the only thing that cures your insecurity is success, then you will be addicted to achievements instead of becoming a better person on the inside. And in moments where success ends up feeding your insecurity, you forget all of the other sacrifices that went into that moment. And so, I don't know. I thought that that was dope. That was deep that what I just said. Uh, That was really deep for a Hail Mary. But I think it's something to that. You know, your insecurities feeding your success means you'll always be looking for another win instead of being confident and complete in your own skin. Okay? Demi says, yes, those words. Tarkisha says, that's good. Her heart said, yes. Yeah, you know, because... It's hard, especially if you're like me and you've been through some stuff. Every time you get a win, it's like, yes, they were wrong about me. Yes, I really made it to the other side. Like, But that's feeding your ego and that's feeding ultimately those insecurities instead of being like, you know what? Thank you. But at the end of the day, had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, come on somebody, okay? If it had not been for my children who allowed this moment, like it's not just your moment. If you see your win as only your win, 
then you'll miss bringing people up with you. And our ultimate goal at the end of the day is to make sure that we don't just come up by ourselves, but that we break the door open so that everyone can come through. So anytime you see me winning, what you got to see is everyone connected to me winning. And I have a responsibility to make sure that my win is their win too. That's deep. But that's what I got for you today. Shanika says, making it to the other side is such a beautiful thing. Laura Burke says, we love you so much. I love you too, girl. Shanika says, thankful I am. Malia says, if it had not been for the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Now, don't make us have no Holy Ghost fit. In this conference mode, we need the Lord right now, okay? Les Brown Jr. says, be a better person. Don't be addicted to accomplishment. Let me tell you something. Les Brown Jr., I met him and his sister Ona on a cruise years ago, and we don't talk as much as we did when we first met, like, literally easily 10 years ago. No, more, like 15 years ago. But great, great people. Hey, child, how you doing? So Lovely says, the devil didn't want it, want me to get this message because it took forever for the sound to work. But look at God. Won't he do it? Angela says, accepting my flaws played a big part in healing my insecurities. I still have moments, but recognizing not only mine and realizing other imperfection, others' imperfections has been a beautiful part of her healing factor. That's great. Listen, I'm always a work in progress and trying to share what I'm learning along the way, but I know for sure that I have to be careful to not get drunk or high off my own, off of accomplishments that really had nothing to do with me because had God done what I asked him to do, y'all wouldn't even know who I am. So boom, there it is. Okay, so... Yes. I don't even know how we got there, but, oh, the young man, Zion Williamson, who's the number one pick for the Pelicans. Yeah, we are giving him a Hail Joseph because he's out here doing the thing. I want to give another Hail Mary to Taraji Henson. I know that, like, we continue to talk about mental health, and I just don't think that we can underscore enough how important it is for us to take our mental health seriously. And Taraji got emotional as she testified before Congress on Friday about the need for mental health counselors and education, especially in the Black community, and wake up a rise of suicides in young people. So, because we have all kinds of listeners here at the Woman Evolve podcast, I'm going to say, I'm going to explain why those of us in the Black community often feel like we don't have enough mental health support in the Black community. I think a lot of it is cultural. I think a lot of us weren't raised to express our feelings. And because we weren't raised to express our feelings, we end up suppressing and then creating actions that end up deterring us from becoming the best versions of ourselves. It seems like, now let me tell you, I wasn't raised in a white household. Maybe y'all have to suppress your feelings as well. I wasn't raised in a Latino Latino household. Maybe y'all have to suppress your feelings as well. But what I'm going to say is that it appears from my limited interactions with other races, specifically those of the white race, that like when I'm in the grocery store and like like y'all's kids, you know, get sometimes I see white children able to say things to their parents that I was never able to say to mine. 
you know, and, you know, I had moments where I was like, I wish I could really tell her that I don't want to eat these Cheerios and that I'm tired of her buying this Raisin Bran cereal. I would rather have Captain Crunch. The freedom of expression, really something to be admired, not something we experience. And so um, I think that as we continue to grow and evolve in our community, that we have a desire to really make sure that the expression of thoughts and opinions are understood and validated. And I had to really break that curse, even as I'm raising my own children. I had to ask my kids, like, you know, like I would say something. And then to ask them how they feel about it was new for me. Because, you know, my parents didn't care how you felt about it. Like, you know, and so I have to ask my children, like, oh, how do you feel? Like, because what we have to know is asking how someone feels doesn't, change the ordeal. You know, I'm a rapper. I got to make everything rhyme. Okay. So your feelings can still be your feelings, but not change the outcome. Okay. And if your feelings are expressed, then maybe I can also express to you why your feelings, though significant and important, may not change your outcome. Maybe your feelings will change the outcome. I don't know. But um, I've been trying to ask my children how they feel and stuff. But anywho, back to mental health in the Black community. So Taraji is advocating for mental health in the Black community. This staggering statistic really is just crazy. But a study published in the JAMA Pediatrics earlier this year showed that between 2007 and 2015, annual ER visits relating to suicide by people aged 5 to 18 rose from 2.2% to 3.5%. That's from 580,000 ER visits to 1.2 million ER visits relating to suicide between the ages of 5 to 18 years old. Taraji says, it breaks my heart to know that five-year-old children are contemplating life and death. I just, I'm sorry. That one is tough for me. So I'm here to appeal to you because this is a national crisis. When I hear of kids going into the bathrooms, cutting themselves, you're supposed to feel safe in school. So Taraji says, continues, I'm here using my celebrity, using my voice to put a face to this because I also suffer from depression and anxiety. And if you're a human living in today's world, I don't know how you're not suffering in any way. I mean, if you turn on the news, that's PTSD right there. We need each other. This is me reaching across the table, trying to lend a helping hand in the best way I can. We have to save the children. Let me tell you something. I almost got emotional reading that, but I think that one of the things that she said that is really, really so true is that there is no way you can be awake in today's society and not feel the trauma of what's happening in the world. Like, sometimes existence is just traumatic. And social media and the news, like we are more inundated with feelings, thoughts, and emotions than I think we have ever been. And to continue to see and feed on death and gun violence and the detention, the immigrant detention centers, I don't know what they're calling those things, but it's absolutely ridiculous what's happening there. Like, 
you can't just continue to feed on this and it not affect you. Either you become desensitized to it, which is problematic because it means that you're not sensitive to what's happening in your world anymore because you become immune or numb to it, which isn't ideal either. Or you're so overwhelmed by it that everyone's trauma becomes your trauma. And I really do think that we have to be more conscious of what we need from a mental health perspective. So like, You've taken in all of these all of these news stories or you've taken in all of these things that are on your timeline. Now we have to be willing to shut down and really come to a place of peace because you can't ingest all of that and then go about your day without really processing and properly categorizing everything that you just took in. Because seriously, like, what does that mean to me? What does that mean about the world? How can I even like pray more effectively? What can I do to be more involved in my community or to just make a change in some capacity? I think that that's why service is really important whether you're serving in a church, whether you're serving the homeless, serving in a domestic violence shelter, donating your money, sowing into causes, whatever it is, but to feel like I got a jab in on evil. Because like at the end of the day, like people call me the demon bully, right? But like, I don't mind being called the demon bully because I wake up and I just want to get one jab in on darkness. Like you're not just going to darkness, depression, um, suicide, violence, poverty. You're not just going to come into my world and me sit back and think, you know what? This world is just so crazy. What are we going to do? No, I'm going to do something today that hopefully empowers another woman, empowers someone else to walk in their purpose and to fight back towards darkness. It doesn't mean that I'm going to wake up and that everything is going to change because a lot of times we think if I can't change everything, then I'm not going to do nothing. That's dumb. If you do your, I'm sorry to call you dumb. I didn't mean to call you dumb, whoever you are, okay? But what I am going to say is this. If you would do your part and I do my part, then together we could create change. And so the question today is what can I do that is me doing my heart? We're planning the conference. I'm trying to get women as many tools and resources that I can give them so that they can start their businesses, so that they can heal their family, but ultimately so that they could be awakened to purpose. People want to know what purpose is. I really believe that purpose at the end of the day is the light that God has placed on the inside of you that is meant to push darkness away, okay? Justina says, that's why I am was created for anti-bullying. She's getting her jab in on darkness. Yes. What are you doing to get your jab in on darkness? Marita says, sit at the dinner table or go in your children's room and sit with them and ask how they're doing. What's on your mind could open up some, th- some things that might bring you to tears. Chandel's just now joining in on the live. Hey, child, how are you? Jerry says, knowing that you aren't alone. There's something to knowing that you aren't alone that is really, really important. Jamie says, I've always wondered why mental health check aren't as encouraged as physicals. When I tell you I'm looking for a therapist right now, I can't wait to go. I'm going to just sit down on that couch and be like, child, here I am, Lord. I'm stressed. I'm this, I'm that. But you got, okay, so if you're like me and you're trying to find a therapist, you have to know some things that I've been told. I'm going to tell you what they told me, okay? That um, finding a therapist is just like dating, all right? You may not get the right therapist 
when you go out for the first time. But that's all right. Stay open to it. But, you know, you want someone who you have synergy with, who you feel like. For me, as a believer, I want someone who I believe has the presence. I want to feel the presence. I want to feel a peace. I want to feel some protection. I want to feel like I'm in an environment where I can be free and be myself. Okay, so listen, find you guys a therapist, get your life together, and don't let no darkness be out here doing things that it has no permission to do. Because let me tell you something, darkness does not have authority unless we do not exercise our authority. And when we exercise our authority, darkness has to back up. Now, don't make me start. I wish the devil would is what I'm saying. Um, So yes, let's big up to Taraji. Thank you for using your celebrity and for expressing the things that you have gone through in hopes that we can all become healthier and better. I also want to acknowledge the Virginia School District, who has been buying food trucks to provide, who bought a food truck to provide students with free meals during summer. So a lot of people may or may not be aware, but sometimes at school is the only time that students are able to eat. And so during the summer, it can be a really difficult time for families. But the Danville Public Schools bought the food truck, which cost $42,000 because of its desire to feed our children as much as we can. They purchased this so that they can serve free lunch, free lunches to students over the summer. I thought that that was just amazing the foresight that went into it. And these are the little things, like that's a perfect segue. These are the little things that end up just getting a jab in on darkness. Like I'm not going to let a child be sitting at home during summer hungry, thinking that they are less than, thinking that no one cares about them. You would be surprised how just knowing that someone cares makes you get up and walk a little differently. That makes you see hope and light at the end of the tunnel. It's a $42,000 truck. You know, maybe all combined we could get together and do something something. Maybe it's, maybe we can't sustain it, right? Maybe we all chip in and we can do something this summer and God's going to have to provide for us to continue to do it. But at least for one day, we were able to do something for the homeless. At least for one day, we, or one night, we were able to offer a hotel room. I don't know what your thing is, but get you a jab in on darkness, child. Out here fighting over relationships, fighting women, fighting your sister and your brother and the man. Stop fighting the man and get a jab in on darkness. What? Jahita says, in North Carolina facility is giving away, giving away meals this summer, too. I've been seeing a flyer on social media. Absolutely. I love that so much. So I think those are mostly all of my Hail Marys for today. But I am going to pull up our advice questions. Okay. These questions came into my inbox, and you may be wondering, like, hey, sis, I want to be in your inbox. I want to see what you think about what's happening in my life. Well, you're in luck. Just slide on to the Instagram. When you get on to the Instagram, send me a message, and let's see what we can do to help things in your life. Someone says, why do you think the church do not want people to express themselves? And... When you do express yourself, that's a spirit. Oh, Chad, I don't know nothing about that. I, I, 
I don't know. I think the church, I don't, I think you need a new church. That's what I know about it. Amen. At first I said I didn't know, but now I know. If you need to be in a space where expression is supported and validated because that's what you need for your spiritual journey, then perhaps you have to seek another church. Or maybe you need to find a space where you can fully express yourself so that it's not a distraction to the overall vision of what's happening in that room so that you don't need that in that space. There are sometimes women's ministries, small groups, different things that allow for that level of expression. But I think you may need to find you a church. Okay. Okay. Um, so here's my first advice question. Well, this is my second advice question because I randomly just read that one off of Facebook Live. It says, hi, Sarah. I know you get so many DMs, but I need some advice. I'm going through a divorce. Not one that I want, but that's what's happening. I have two boys. One is seven and the other is two. My seven-year-old has been praying for his dad to come back home. My question is, how do I explain to him what is going on and how do you walk through a father not being around for his children? Your message on Friday at the Shine Conference really spoke to me. Thanks. So I was in West Palm Beach at Pastor David and Nicole Crank's church there. And we had a really phenomenal time. Thank you for taking time for sending me this question. Let me tell you something. I've been in your shoes before. I know exactly how you feel. One of the things that I've tried to do is to really separate my experience with my child's father and their experience with their father so that I didn't bring my own disappointment into it. And then I tried to really prepare them to be more compassionate people by helping them realize that some people can't offer you what they don't have. Um, One of the things that I have said verbatim to my daughter in this experience and my son who experienced this as well is if he knew how this was making you feel, he would make a different choice. But I think sometimes when you're dealing with an absentee parent, whether it's a father or a mother, they are so consumed with who they think they need to become or what they think they need to have in life that they don't realize how their actions affect other people. And so um, I think that one of the things I've tried to say is like they don't fully understand the impact of them not being here. I've prayed with them, but we can pray for them that God would open their hearts so that they can understand how this is making you feel so that they can make a better choice. But also like, but God has designed your life in such a way that you have everything you need in this moment. Because I think as long as a child feels like they are lacking something, then they have, I don't, a chip on their shoulders sounds like too cavalier, but they just feel like they're working with a deficit, right? And I think to help them understand that you may not believe it now, but in time you'll see that God gave you everything you needed in this moment. And I may not be able to be your dad, and I may not be able to fill the shoes that he has in your life, but I am going to be here in any capacity that I can, and we will get through this together. Um, I've tried to always make it so that they can feel comfortable talking to me about it. We can talk about it. I'll share with you anything that I know. But I think it comes down like you're going to have to walk them through this. And you can't allow your own disappointment and frustration to rob you from protecting the development of their perspective on the absentee parent. 
Because if you don't consciously decide what you want their consciousness to be about that absentee, then you're going to leave it up to their fears, anxieties, and disappointment. So what is the perspective that we're going to have? The perspective is that that person needs healing, that that person needs prayer, that we can play a role in that healing, and we can play a role in that healing through prayer. But ultimately, you have everything that you need in this moment. And sometimes that's prophesying that over them. They may not feel like it in the moment, but we're prophesying that over you. You have everything that you need in this moment. I wish that your father was here. I wish that things were differently, but at the end of the day, God has given you everything you need. Christy Johnson says, this is deep, something to definitely share with my kids. Yeah, I've Listen, honey, we're learning, and the delegation is going to chime in. They're going to share their opinions and perspectives as well. But we've got to be conscious about not just leaving them to figure out what happened on their own. This is what happened. There was some brokenness within our marriage, and it was better if we just tried to be friends so that we could be healed parents, okay? The second thing is this. We're going to pray that your father has healing, that I have healing, and that you have healing because we want to have ownership in all of this, right? I need some healing. I'm hurting too. I'm upset too, but I'm going to heal. So we're going to heal together as a family. And so while we're healing, we're going to pray for our other parent to be healed as well. And we're also going to walk in the belief that we have everything that we need. And at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, when I looked back over my life and I saw how my parents kept pressing forward, it is ultimately what stuck with me more than any words they ever said. So sis, I want you to not just be worried about your son's healing, but to take your healing into perspective too. Because when you take your healing into perspective, you're going to teach him how to heal. Mommy's going to go to talk to someone about her feelings because today she's having a hard day. Mommy came back from talking to someone about her feelings and you know what? I feel better. Maybe you should talk to me about your feelings. There's seven. So let's break it down in a way that they understand. But at the end of the day, let's talk about it. Let's have conversations about it. Let's not make excuses for the other person, but talk about the reality of brokenness and how hurt people hurt people. And I'm sorry you're on the other end, but we can heal so that you don't have to hurt and do this again in your life. I don't know. How about that? Deshaun says, oh, no comment on this topic at all. I'm finding the demons of my daughter's dad for her and I need to get out of that. I'm praying on that too. And we're praying with you. Amanda says, amen. As children, we do learn from watching our parents. Ashley says, is it wrong to cut the other parent out of a certain to a certain extent if they are causing constant pain and behavior, your changes in the child? You have to talk to a lawyer about that. And I think that you have to get some therapy involved in that. Those are that's a, a high-level conversation. And I don't think that I'm qualified to answer it fully, but I do just want to remind you that you have options and resources. I think mediation is good if you have someone who can mediate between you and that parent about what you're experiencing so that you guys can learn how to co-parent. Basically, you guys need tools co-parenting. Now, that kind of leads me to my next question, but at the end of the day, you want to be a better co-parent. I think whenever you take ownership of something, okay, whenever you take ownership so that you're not isolating it to one person, will you do this? And that's why they act like that. Because anytime a person feels backed into a corner, they become defensive. But to say, you know what? I really need some help co-parenting. I don't know the best way to communicate communicate to you. I have some concerns that I think are going to end up affecting our child. And I just want to learn how we can do this for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Because if we're honest, it's not until a child is 18. I'm 30 years old right now. My parents are still parenting me right now in the name of Jesus. Okay? So... 
listen, those are my thoughts on that. Okay. Okay. So our next advice question. Okay, this one says, I met a guy who seemed to embody all the qualities I identified that I was seeking in a partner. Told myself this go around, I would do it the right way. Prayed at the beginning, if this person wasn't for me, God for God to take him away. And we decided to abstain from sex in order to get to know who the other person was, not how they made us feel. Preach. Things were going great. It was honestly like an it was honestly like out of a movie until he expressed his concerns about our religious practices. I attend Baptist church and he identifies as a Seventh-day Adventist. While we both believe in the teachings of the Bible, there are some nuanced differences. We've ultimately decided to take a step back from each other despite a deep connection otherwise, but I'm sad disappointed, frustrated, and kind of angry at God. I asked at the beginning for him to be taken away if he wasn't in God's will. And now a few months down the line, here we are. So I want to know from you and the delegation, what does it mean for us to be equally yoked with someone? And more importantly, what do you do when you're angry at God? So one of the things that I want to tell you is you prayed and you asked God to remove him if he wasn't in his will. God didn't remove him. And I'm believing that you're sensitive enough that you would have seen the signs and you would have acted on the signs, which means that even if he is not your husband, doesn't mean that he wasn't in God's will. Because your will and God's will might be two different things. You may have been saying, God, if this is not my husband, please take him out of my life. Or God may have been saying, this is the man that is going to help you see that quality men still exist, but this is not going to be your husband. So you have to qualify really what's God's will versus your wills. The second thing is this, that I think that sometimes there are relationships along the way. I can remember before I was dating my husband, there was someone who I was talking to, quote unquote, talking, because, you know, that's that's what we call that when it ain't nothing, but it's talking. Okay, so I was talking to someone and they were had a lot of great qualities that I enjoyed, but there were some things that I did not enjoy. And I came to a place where I was like, you know what? I don't have to do this because this ain't going to work. I can already tell it ain't going to work. So I'm going to end this right here. But I am glad to know that these qualities do exist. Sometimes our relationships don't work out, but what we learn in the process keeps hope alive and keeps our heart open so that we can receive the fullness next time of what God has for us. So it sounds like you guys have a lot of things in common and there were a lot of things that made you believe that this had the potential to go the long call. And the truth is that it may or may not be who God has for you. But at the end of the day, there has to be a part of you that says, you know what? That wasn't the one, but I'm grateful to know that my expectations aren't unrealistic, that to think that I want to have someone who will hold my hand, to think that I want to have someone who can have great conversation about other things outside of music or, or sports, who is passionate about my field, that's enough for me to say, God, I will wait on the next thing that is going to be the right thing, okay? So that's what I want to say about you being angry at God, because 
Just because he didn't remove him doesn't mean that he wasn't a part of the experience. You need to be even more thankful for the person who God's going to bring into your life. Had I not been in my first marriage, I don't know that I would have fully appreciated my husband the way that I do now. But there was something about me going through that first marriage that allowed me to have so much gratitude for the things that I would have taken for granted or not noticed at all in my current husband. And I think that that's the way it's supposed to be. If we're going to go through a divorce, if we're going to go through a breakup, the next relationship that comes into our life needs to be a reflection of what we learned from our previous mistakes and not a repeat of what we just got out of. So I'm just grateful for that experience. Now, the other thing you said is about being equally yoked. I don't know the difference between your Baptist church and his Seventh-day Adventist, but I do think that if he felt concerned, then you it is worthy of you guys taking some steps back. And I think that you really need to determine those things that are important to you as it relates to your religion and your faith and your spiritual practices, because at the end of the day, you guys have to raise children together. And if there are some differences that you just, I can't compromise on that. I can't compromise on the Trinity. I can't compromise on Baptist. This is just, this is a staple for me. Then you have to realize that there are some things that were beautiful about this relationship, but it's probably best that it ends. The other thing that you can begin to do is simply pray the same way you prayed in the beginning to pray. Oh, pray at the end. Now that low key just, that low key just preached because sometimes we pray for things in the beginning and then when it's time for them to end, we stop praying. But I want you to take that same prayer that you was using in the beginning when you wanted to know whether or not he was the one and start praying about the end. And God, what was it about this relationship that allowed me to be so open? God, what is it about this ending that I'm supposed to learn and pray for him? The best thing that you can do when you have bitterness and anger in your heart is to begin to pray for someone, even when you miss them. Let me tell you something. There's a person in my life who was in my life for a very long time, and I was scrolling on her Instagram, and I was just seeing how her life was changing. And a part of me was like, dang, we were supposed to be friends through all of this, and I can't believe that we're just not friends the way we used to be. And you know what I did? I started praying for her because at the end of the day, I think we have some legitimate reasons why we can't be friends anymore. But at the end of the day, like, I don't want to just have these feelings in my heart and not do anything about them. So I started praying, God bless her life. God bless her family. God bless her businesses. May they just fall even deeper in love with you. May you open their eyes to wisdom and strategy that helps them to move into the direction of their purpose. And I felt better about those feelings. And so I think that you should really consider that. Jamie says, keep that same energy. That's what I'm basically saying. Keep that same energy that you had in the beginning as you go through the end. And you're going to come out on the other side. Beer says, child, you show enough on on point. DB says, growth and maturity is what you have displayed. Thank you. Jocelyn says, that's when you know your heart is pure. Madronica says, went through the same thing, friend season. Oh, it's so hard. Um, And you know, like friendships aren't always forever, even though in our hearts, like we want them to be forever. But you know, if the love is real, if you guys had something like that, I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for that friendship. And so I just want to bless people, you know, like God, just bless them. Just bless them. It Just because it's not for you doesn't mean that God can't use it. And 
God can use it even more when we pray that a person's heart is open. The power of prayer is real, okay? So, yes, prayer for them, prayer for you. It's it's a big thing. Nisha says, I lost a close friend today. I'm going to pray for her. Pray, girl, you would just be surprised. You know what it does too? I think like anytime you start to feel like, oh man, we were supposed to be friends because sometimes it can make you angry. Like, oh, why did they do that to me? Or why did things have to go down like that? But you know what praying does? Praying washes your hands. Praying washes your hands from those feelings, from that disappointment, from that regret, from that shame. It says, I'm going to take these emotions and I'm going to just wash my hands of it. You know what, God? I don't want to feel this way whenever I see their name. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be bitter anymore. So I'm washing my hands. God, please bless them, touch them, grow them, evolve them, and help me to be open to friendships in the future. Like, I don't know what your prayer needs to be, but I do think there's something about praying. So yes, Christy Walker says, some relationships are for a reason and a season. Laura Lee says, praying washes your hands. That was good. Char says, I lost a friend that was a sister for over 30 years with no explanation and didn't see it coming. Thanks, I'm going to pray and wash my hands. Bless her. That's I feel like that's not for somebody. Ruthie says, just because it's not for you doesn't mean it couldn't be for another sister. Pray and keep it moving. That's the other thing I prayed. I did say, you know, God, I pray that she's got authentic friendships in her life. The other thing is that like sometimes when a person wrongs us, we can just wish, you know, you know how y'all do when y'all be petty, like we be petty, okay? So like sometimes to just pray that God would correct it, not by bringing someone who fits you better or someone who understands you better, but also God bring someone better into their life as well. Because what I have learned about toxic friendships or relationships, regardless of where they occur is that if I wasn't good, if you weren't good for me, then I wasn't good for you because there's no way that I can be good for you and you not be good for me. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head. But if you could not fully receive my goodness, then that means that my goodness wasn't meant for you. And if you could betray my goodness, then that means that this friendship just wasn't going to work for either one of us. So yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. Those are my questions. And those are our Hail Marys for today. I do have a snack for you, though, because because I don't know if I mentioned, but it's conference season and your girl is stressed. And you know what my snack is for you today? For those of you who are wondering, like, what? How's she going to get us a snack? I'm listening all the way over in Africa. I'm all the way in Australia. What am I going to do? Here's how we do this snack, okay? I don't actually give you a snack, but instead of me giving you a whole meal where I take a text and give you a scripture, I just give you a thought of inspiration. Here's my thought of inspiration for today. Are you ready? It's going to be powerful. Are you ready? Here we go. Either you have it or you don't. Sounds simple. Sounds like we should just know this off bat. But the truth is, sometimes we put ourselves in gray zones and we say, maybe, maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. And then if I move this over here, then I can do that and I can do this and I can be everywhere at the same time. But you know what you have to ask yourself? Do I really have what it takes in order to do that? Because either you have it or you don't. 
And if you got to do all of this manipulating and configuring to maybe be able to do it, then you probably don't have it. And if you do have it, let me tell you something about if you have it. If you have it, you got to boss up to that thing, put on your big girl, big boy draws, and stand up to that thing like you got it online. Let me tell you something about this Woman Evolve Conference. I got this thing. I feel the Holy Ghost on this. I got this thing. God did not put this desire in my heart. God did not tell me that these women were drawn to my ministry to get me down to two weeks before conference to be some more stressed, worried about team, budgets, creatives, flights. Mm -mm. I got this. I got this by hook or by crook. So let me tell you what I got on lock is this conference. Now, let me tell you what I may not have on lock. Keto. If you want me to be honest, let me tell you what I may not have on lock, showing up for everybody else in this season. Right now, I can't show up for you because I'm trying to show up for this, okay? Either you have it or you don't. And when you have it, you show up to that thing like you know all of heaven's resources are backing you up. You show up to that thing like there is no devil, no demon, no budget, no restrictions in hell that can wage war against what God has assigned you to do. So when you have this thing, boss up like you got this thing on lock. And let me tell you something, it's clink, clink over here, okay? So I came on this podcast to let you know that is going down in Denver, Colorado. And when I say going down, I mean every devil, every stronghold, every chain is going down and God is going to be lifted up. And I need you to join me in prayer because when I had to ask myself, either you got this thing or you don't, there was no question in my mind that I have this thing unlocked, which means I got to say no to some things so that I can lock this down the way it's supposed to be locked down. And I just feel this for somebody like, now is not the season to be wavering in your decisions. Like there are some decisions that you have been postponing. There are some things that you know you're supposed to do, but fear has been getting in the way or anxiety has been getting in the way. And now you're two and three months from making a decision that you could have made a few months ago. Here's two or three months away from making a decision you could have made a few months ago. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Either you have it or you don't. If you don't have it, release it, release that person, release that relationship, release that opportunity and say, I just don't have the time. I'm sorry. You know, when I signed up, I thought I was going to be able to do it. Now that I've taken inventory of my life, I think it would be a disservice to you if I continue down this path. But if you say, I got it, you structure your life, you structure your team, you boss up, you have hard conversations, you move some things around and you make that thing pop. Because let me tell you something, it's popping, popping. Okay. Rebecca Wilson says, you are all up in my journal. Chanel says, so much I need to get done. I know I got it. Show up says you got it. But most importantly, God's got you. <laughs> Jewel says you sleeping under my bed. I'm watching you. I need that little emoji with the with the eyeglass. I got you, girl. Listen, we got to do this thing. Malia says that prayers for you, for you sis and your team. I'm conference ready. I'm ready to receive all that God has for me. I'll be in the inner circle. I can't wait to meet you when I tell you I'm praying for glory beyond glory. If you're still trying to figure out whether or not you come, I felt this as I was praying low-key. I was in the car praying for the conference yesterday while I was driving. And I don't like, I don't know if you're listening on the podcast. I almost did an Instagram video. I still might do it. But let me tell you something. I felt so strongly that there was someone who had counted in their counted themselves out from coming to conference this year. And they said to themselves, I'm, I'm never going to be able to make it. They haven't even looked up tickets. They haven't even sized up the trip. They haven't even seen if it was possible for them to come. And I heard God say so clearly that someone is counting themselves out 
who can, in fact, show up for Denver this year. I don't know if that's you. If this is your word, I want you to grab it. But I hear God telling somebody, I don't know who, I don't know who it was, but I felt you strongly in my prayers to size it up. Don't just count yourself out and say that you can't do it to really size it up because when you size it up, you're going to see that there is still room and there is a way for you to be there. Okay. How about that? I love y'all. You know, it ain't, it ain't over until we pray. And so, Father, I thank you for your resources. Mm. I'm just going to let that marinate. God, because if it came down to my resources, I would be in trouble. If it came down to my peace, my wisdom, my joy, my finances, I could go bankrupt. I could overdraft. But because I am doing something that requires your resources, there is literally limitless potential for what can happen in the earth. And so, God, I draw on those resources, not just for myself, but for every person listening to this podcast who needs something that only God can do. God, I am asking right now that as we surrender to the fact that this is your will, so it is your bill, that you would show up in unprecedented ways, that you would begin to give us creativity, that you would begin to put us on the hearts of people, that you would begin to open up doors that man says is impossible, but that is because man only looks at their resources where you look at the infinite realities connected to who you are. So we lay hold of who you are, not who we are, not what other people say, but we lay hold of who you are. And as we lay hold of who you are, God, we just ask that you would bring our hearts into alignment with what you're saying and what you're doing, that no fear, no anxiety, no nerves would rob us from receiving your rich wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' name, I pray. I love y'all, and I'll see you next week. Amen.